You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. My name is Chris, and this is actually an episode from the archives, if you will. This is the second half of our comic book discussion with Dr. Elizabeth Cootie. That discussion about the first run of Orphan Black comics is episode 98. You can find that at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 98. We've been on a bit of an impromptu hiatus, and we apologize for that. Our lives got really busy over the hiatus, and uh, we weren't really expecting it to to happen. And so, sincerely, we are sorry for the impromptu hiatus. We hope to have a few more new episodes coming out soon before the fifth and final season starts in June. So without further ado, here is our discussion of comic book recommendations for Orphan Black fans with Dr. Elizabeth Cootie. So Elizabeth, we invited you to talk about the Orphan Black comics, but I feel like you just can't help yourself. You want to suggest some other comic books people could read as well, right? It's very true. I mean, I feel like if you have interest in Orphan Black and the subjects, uh, there's some other comics out there that you would enjoy as well. So... Why not? So you have these organized by by character. That's right. So I was inspired to do this by uh, an article that I saw on this comics online magazine called Panels.net. I am not giving you the same comic rec- recommendations that they did, but I loved the idea of doing uh, recommendations by character. I, we may have some vague overlap, but I, I think I think I thought of these by myself, but I encourage you to uh, go to panels.net. So I am not clepping their idea. This is not plagiarism, people. I am crediting them. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I do have them broken down character by character. So uh, my first one I felt like is pretty obvious. This is my recommendation for Sarah fans is uh, the Marvel comic Jessica Jones. So especially with the new TV series that just came out a while ago on Netflix. Um, you can probably sense for yourself the similarities between the characters of Jessica Jones and Sarah. They're both, you know, strong, kind of rebellious, uh, punky type women who have perhaps a mysterious something going on in their past. Uh, the Jessica Jones comic is there's a there's a current one co- going on right now, but there's also some older comics uh, Brian Michael Bendis wrote that you can find. So, you know, check those out. If you like Sarah and her part of the storyline, especially, uh, I recommend Jessica Jones. What do you think, Chris? Is that a good, is that a good Sarah recommendation? I think so. I, I will say that I feel like the TV Jessica Jones is perhaps more like Sarah than the comic book mm. Jessica Jones. True. But true. I do, I do like the comic book Jessica Jones, what I've read, the, mm-hmm. uh, the comic formerly known as Alias. The comic formerly known as Alias, yes. I do feel like, though, especially in the first couple of seasons, I feel like Sarah's storyline is kind of similar to the feel of, of Jessica Jones, the comic book. Like Sarah's storyline is kind of noir-ish, as, mm-hmm. as is sure. Jessica Jones's. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can I can see the comparison, even though the characters in the comic books and, and the comic book isn't isn't necessarily as close to the tv sarah as maybe tv jessica jones is right because they both have like perfectly fitting black t-shirts i want to mention that (laughs) yes black t-shirts black leather and a sort of noir feel i feel like this is if that's up your alley like that's 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 what to do you know 
don't miss it. And too, Jessica Jones does have some thoughts about motherhood and the stress of of sort of superhero motherhood um, mm. that that strike me as not the same as, but having some echoes with the way Sarah uh, thinks about her own motherhood. So I think it'd be interesting. interesting to compare. We should have conversation about this someone out there in the world, but who who has read both of these things? But anyway. <laughs> To, to be clear, I've only read the first, I think, two and a half trade paperbacks of Alias, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. So. Sure. Well, I will tell you that at some point in comics continuity, uh, Jessica Jones uh, has a child. So uh, I don't think that spoils anything for anyone. Like, No, you know. I mean, I, I've known about that for quite a while. <laughs> but yeah. So there you go. All right. My next one is for Helena. So thinking about Helena as sort of a um, a more violent character, but a character I, I, I associate Helena with more of the sort of uh, more of the sci-fi aspects of the show in a lot of ways. Uh, so my recommendation for an association with Helena is Greg Rucka's Lazarus. Um, so in that, uh, similar to Helena, a a woman is used as a weapon by an organization. So it's it's a great comic. It's very interesting. It's set in this sort of future world where different families control, like elite families control the world. And Lazarus centers around the main character, Forever Carlisle, who is this uh, sort of clone character that is especially adept at fighting and other, you know, it's it's she's she's a weapon. Forever Carlisle is a weapon for her family, who are these economically elite uh, people who are controlling this sort of future world. I know this doesn't sound very appealing the way I'm describing it right now. I'm trying to be <laughs> vague on purpose. Um, to uh, I will say, I haven't read the book, but I've seen the artwork. And I, when I saw that you'd paired it with Helena, I thought, yes, like just from the way that the comic book looks, I could understand why if you like Helena, you might be interested in this. Yeah, it's hmm. sort of this gritty world where, you know, this, this woman is very powerful, but also under the control of people that are, um, you know, controlling her in a certain way that are, that are trying to influence her with, uh, stories about who she is that may or may not be true. Right. Which is exactly what's going on with Helena to me, that she's a very powerful woman on her own, but she's being controlled by people, or at least, you know, when we meet her, uh, she's being controlled by people who are manipulating her, especially with her need for a family and belonging. So anyway, it's it's really it's just an excuse to get you to read this cool comic book. I mean, you know, (laughs) Uh, but I think if Helena appeals to you, this might be the way a way in. Who does the art, if you know offhand? Oh, Michael Lark is the one that I'm thinking about Who's who does the most of it. So Michael Lark uh, and there's a graphic designer that works on it named uh, Eric Troutman, who uh, they do beautiful work with this. So And Greg Rucka is a great storyteller, as is, I believe, Owen Freeman is the name of the guy who is uh, also on there as a writer. So they're doing a great job. So it's it's now the nice thing about this one is that there are there's plenty out there that can have that you can read as a um, as a complete story, but it is an ongoing series. So 
It's still going, to my knowledge. Um, I know that they just published a, a second big hardcover, you know, giant hardcover. So they're just on the second big hardcover. They're on the fourth uh, trade paperback, which I'm not exactly sure how that works out into comics. Probably around around 20 comics or so, 21. So in other words, what I'm saying is if you start reading Lazarus, you can read enough now to be satisfied, but you'll also, there'll be some cliffhanger. <laughs> you'll have to keep up with more comics. Good to know. Yeah. I do it again. I also wanted to throw a mention in here while we're talking about Helena for a comic that's called Priya Shakti. It's something of a phenomenon. It was written by a couple of people from India, and it was intended to address the widespread problems of women being sexually assaulted in India. And the story is about a woman who is uh, sexually assaulted. Her family shuns her and throws her out. And the Hindu goddess Parvati, she sees what happens to Priya and is is very upset. And she enters Priya's body and confronts the, the men who, who sexually assaulted Priya. And when they try to assault her again, she, the goddess, like she comes and she takes her true form and she, she scares the, the men who had assaulted Priya. And so it's, it's a very different type of comic than the other ones we're talking about. It's, Written kind of in the style of if you've read the Bhagavad Gita or the Bible, these a lot of things happen in a very condensed period of time. It's like all of these things happen, but only four panels have passed. Like so it's a very spacious style of storytelling rather than dwelling on one particular moment for a longer period of time. Uh, but the art is really beautiful and this is is something of a, a social movement this comic book. It's been handed out, uh, physical copies have been handed out in two places across India to try to inform men about sexual assaults and and the effects that it has on women in society and you can read it for free online if you if you Google Priya Shakti, which means power, by the way, Shakti means power, uh, you can go and read it for free. I think they might be updating it. It's unclear from the website, but you can at least read the first little issue that they have, have created over on their website. Interesting. I'm going to have to go look that up. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. I That's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that. So I have a comic to recommend for Allison that's a complete graphic novel. Uh, this is one that I recommend a lot for various reasons. It's just one of those comics or graphic novels that I think people should read. Um, so, so I kind of wedged it in here, but it's uh, called Fun Home by Allison Bechdel. So, hey, there's there's a slight Allison connection. At least their names are the same. Um, <laughs> uh, Fun Home, if you haven't heard of it, is uh, not just a graphic novel. It's also a Broadway musical now an award-winning Broadway musical, I believe. The comic is essentially about a a family, a, a little girl growing up and uh, living in a fairly dysfunctional family. Her, uh, it's, it's hard to say much about this without kind of giving away some of the things that I think are best experienced from the comic ex itself. But it's essentially a memoir of Alison Bechdel's childhood I, I picked it for Allison, not just because they have the same name, but because it gives a, a portrait of people who are very concerned with sort of how their house looks and how they, how mm. people see them um, and maybe some of the problems that that can cause 
you know, underneath. Um, so and it's, not talking about problems is a big thing that they address in Fun Home. And clearly absolutely. we've seen that that's generally Allison's strategy uh, with dealing with things. Exactly. So this is more of a of a of the problems of Allison's life uh, connection here. Um, it's it's a beautiful comic. It is serious, but it is I mean, it's it's well done. It's something that I, you know, if if you're looking for something serious to read about, this is this is the one. I was trying to think of something a little more crazy and fun for Allison, um, a little more bubblegum pink kind of thing. But th- I settled on this one because it's one that I think people should read. Fair enough. And moving into something completely different. That's <laughs> right. You got so Kasima. my recommendation for Casima <laughs> is absolutely and completely different um this is where the fun stuff comes in really um so i picked a a book called rat queens which has two trades out now and the third one i believe is coming um so rat queens the connection with kasima i i I shied away from her scientific stuff and went for her uh nerdy stuff her nerdy stuff yes her her role-playing <laughs> game uh affection that kind of thing so rat queens is essentially set in a fantasy world uh, much like any you know solid dungeon Dr- and dragons kind of referential fantasy world um where there are this group of mercenaries uh, women called the rat queens and they are bawdy and rude and they generally get into way too much trouble. They're pretty violent. Uh, they're also very funny if this is your sense of humor at all. And they are, are you know, good sisters to one another. They are also, th- this comic does not shy away from differences in sexual orientation and gender so there is a transgender character in here that i think is portrayed fairly well it's you know hey good stuff these women also have relationships with one another so you know it's it's friendly is what i'm saying and i think casimo would love this comic like i you know just <laughs> just like i wish i could you know they could have a, a an episode where we see casima you know of course, recovering nicely and uh, enjoying her some rat queens. <laughs> I think that'd be real. <laughs> but Elizabeth hasn't thought about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I only just looked up rat queens today, and just looking at, it, I was like, "Yeah, I think Casima would really dig this comic." So I, I want to say that it can get a little raunchy at times. So although it occasionally on the cover maybe looks like it's for kids, it is absolutely not for children. <laughs> so um, yeah, keep this one away from the little ones. But it is it's it's really fun. I think uh, if you are at all body in your sense of humor, you will uh, you'll appreciate this one. So did you come up with anything for Rachel? I didn't come up with one for Rachel. Uh, you know, I felt like I was I was giving you some heavy stuff already. So instead, mm-hmm. I picked one for Beth. Okay. Um, because I know we wanted a Beth comic. So I picked for Beth the sort of latest She-Hulk title, the a solo She-Hulk title. She-Hulk's doing a lot of other cool stuff at other comics right now. Um, but the comic by Charles Sewell, um, which is actually complete now, 
um, which is sad for me, but also happy because you can, you know, pick it all up and we can talk about the whole thing as a as an entity. But the reason I chose it for Beth is that She-Hulk, in case you didn't know, uh, is an attorney and she deals in sort of legal matters a lot. Um, this is maybe a little lighter than you might expect me to uh, recommend for Beth. But in this in this particular comic, um, which is complete in two trade paperbacks, she is is sort of on the case of something that happened perhaps in her past. And she has to sort of team up with her some of her uh, female friends, including Hellcat, to figure out what's been going on. And uh, if people are messing with her mind, it's sort of the, the serial story has to do with that. It's one of those things where I wish that Beth had had similar support from someone. Um, if if only Beth had had the network that She-Hulk builds around her uh, and her sort of law enforcement job, she can, she might have, you know, been better off. And okay. Yeah. 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 I, I just, it, this is one of those things where it's like, they're dealing with similar troubling kind of things, but... Also, I wish to say that She-Hulk is fun. Like, um, you know, she's a big jade green giantess that, you know, <laughs> can can throw spaceships in the air if she wants to. So, you know, uh, she maybe has a little more physical power than Beth might. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> you just said that she can throw... <laughs> Throw things I think that's fair. <laughs> you think that's fair? I think that's fair. <laughs> um, but anyway, she she's also got some great pals in here that I think are fun. Um, you know, clearly she's she's a defense attorney. I should say that she Hulk is a defense attorney, so maybe uh, she and Beth would be on the opposite side in a courtroom. But she's just having a great time in a way that I I wish Beth had had similar support in figuring out what's going on with her own past. I do want to point out for for non comic nerds, the aforementioned Hellcat is Patsy Walker, who is on Jessica Jones, Trish Walker, uh, FYI. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think in part because Patsy Walker or Trish was on Jessica Jones, Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, has her own title right now, which looks like a great deal of fun. It's written by some uh, a comic author that I really like, so. Um, if you maybe if you want to pick up some Hellcat and tell me all about it, that would be great. I have been meaning to. I haven't gotten it, but I've heard great things about it, and I yeah. want to read it. I don't see how it could be bad. Honestly, <laughs> it looks great. So, so can I, as a as somebody who pr- probably should not be making the suggestion, can I make a suggestion in regards to Rachel? Oh, sure, go for go it. Go for it. Okay, so I don't have a title, but I have a character who mm. kind of reminds me of Rachel. And I'll I'll just say the name, and maybe that'll maybe that's that'll just make sense to people. Killer Frost. <laughs> say more, Stephanie. <laughs> that's great, but say more. <laughs> Stephanie can't say more because she doesn't know that much more. I'm assuming. Yes, this is true. However, <laughs> Stephanie watches the Flash. This yes, is what she's Stephanie saying. Watches the Flash, <laughs> and. Rachel kind of reminds me of Caitlin Snow. I mean, Caitlin Snow isn't as bad as Rachel. Let me clarify. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to be careful when comparing anyone to Rachel. Like, ugh. <laughs> so that's my Rachel suggestions. Stuff with Killer Frost in it. A very 
uneducated suggestion. And, I was, was going to say, and what would those titles be, Stephanie? <laughs> she's in Firestorm. She's in she's in Justice League, I believe. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know names of things, Stephanie. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Thank Seriously, you? good job. Good job. <laughs> Who says comics aren't friendly to newbies? Like, come on. You're doing great. You're doing Thank you. great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you got any other suggestions for us? I do. I thought I would end up with a suggestion for Kira because we need Yay. some lightness in our life. So the one that I have to suggest first is a title called Lumberjanes. It's written by Noelle Stevenson, who wrote Nimona, if people have heard of the graphic novel Nimona. This is an ongoing title uh, that's now, it's just had its second trade from Boom, Boombox, I think is how they do their, their label now, uh, publishers. It's great. So Lumberjanes is a story of some badass lady types who are at a summer camp. And I can totally see Kira going to the summer camp in a couple of years. Um, so th- these girls band together and, you know, go on some sort of, you know, more typical camping kinds of things, but there's something going on in the woods. Dun, dun, dun. But don't worry. They have totally got it together with their pals. You know, they're, they're going to figure this out. Um, the thing that made me really think about Kira is that they have this ongoing mystery that I won't spoil for you, where they are looking for the kitten holy. Um, <laughs> and I just, I have this picture of Kira just totally loving the kitten holy. So what goes on with these girls is, you know, they're doing sort of camping things like going canoeing and, you know, walking, going on hikes in the woods. And they are, constantly referencing like real life powerful women so it's a great title for sort of i'd say uh older more mature elementary kids would really groove on this in fact i had a great experience with this comic lately where uh, i was uh hanging out with a family where the girl who's about she's about nine uh, is not really into reading. Her two sisters love reading and her mom is just sort of, you know, at a loss. And I just so happened to have my copy of Lumberjanes handy and I gave it to her to read and she was completely obsessed within, you know, moments. Uh, and she just sat, you know, in the corner with, you know, curled up on a chair reading this book for hours. So I, you know, she went from zero to reader with one <laughs> with one look at this book. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. So uh, it's cleverly put together. It's just a well done book. So uh, Noelle Stevenson and I believe Grace Ellis. Yeah, Grace Ellis are writing this thing and it is great. I also really want some Lumberjanes badges in my life. They have one. So they earn different badges as they do different things. My oh, favorite, okay. And my favorite one so far is the Pungent Master badge, which you earn <laughs> by making a terrible pun. Um, <laughs> so. Chris would have so many badges. Well, no, not as many as Sally. I was going to say. So, yeah, they're they're great. So highly recommended Lumberjanes. 
I also wanted to mention as a comic book recommendation for Kara, a I've only read the comic that I got on free comic book day, but I loved it dearly. I'm planning to read more. It, it looks like if you're into digital comics, you can get quite a few of these uh, trade paperbacks very cheap in electronic form from Amazon. But it's a, a comic called Cleopatra in Space. Hang on, let me try that again. Cleopatra in Space. Well done. Good? Well it's done. It's very Thank Muppets you. in Space. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Or Pigs in and Space, pardon me. <laughs> written by a guy named Mike Mayhack. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. I apologize. And it is kind of like it sounds. Cleopatra in the comic book is a young girl. She looks like she's probably about, I don't know, 12, 10 or 12, 10 to 12, that that range. And she is playing around and in her contemporary times, you know, with a friend of hers, and then suddenly gets sent to the future, where there's a bunch of super smart cats, and they're in space. And it's just delightful. Like, I'm an adult reading it. I think it's really aimed toward kids who are older elementary kids it's a it's a scholastic publication uh, but there's stuff in there for adults to really enjoy too i think the art is really lovely and i just found it so much fun as soon as you said cats i was like oh that's why i like it no that's not the cats happen way late in the story chris i I liked it before then (laughs) you liked it before it had cats yeah (laughs) I I've read that one too, and it is it it does it it is great. I mean, it's well put together. It's sort of um, so I gave this to some boys that I know, and they loved it. So they're what seven? So they were they were grooving on Cleopatra and her pal, you know, running around and and getting slipped into the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, they're into it. So since. Since we just talked about character-based ones, let's talk about show-based ones. Like, if you like Orphan Black, maybe you'll like these. And the first one on the list, which I recommend highly, is is Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn with art. But mostly, most of the art was done by Pia Guerra. And I think it's about 60 issues. I think it is actually 60 issues was the, the final one. And um, it's great. It's it to me does what good science fiction does or or speculative fiction it takes this sort of crazy scenario and says what if this was real so the basic premise is that there's this worldwide event that happens and it wipes out basically all of the males on the planet with very few exceptions so there's this guy named Yorick and he is the only man that they can find still alive on the planet earth and so, as one would expect, there are a lot of excellent female characters filling out the main cast. And uh, I, I just, it's such an interesting and, and good series. I really appreciated it. Sure. I mean, it's a great story, especially for that sort of thriller element that happens in Orphan Black, like that there's, you know, an ongoing mystery that we're solving that has to do with some kind of sciencey something, you know? <laughs> Right. It's like, Which, why did this happen? How can mm-hmm. we fix it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I like, too, in, in the um, trade paperbacks, I don't remember if the individual issues had them or not. But in the trade paperbacks, like the first page is is essentially prose. It's sort of a like a mini essay on, okay, if if all of the men suddenly disappeared, here's how it's going to have ramifications on everyday life. So I think, I don't remember if it's the first one or if it's later in the series, but there's one about 
you know, how basically the world would not have power because whatever percentage of the people who work at power plants are men. So anyway, it's sort of like a realistic look at a crazy thing happening. Another title that we wanted to mention that could be of interest to Orphan Black fans is Ms. Marvel. I think in particular, if I'm correct in your and you're including it on this list, Elizabeth, in particular, the most recent Ms. Marvel, who is Kamala Khan, who is the first Muslim character to headline a comic book. And she is also a teenager. She's about 16 years old. She's Pakistani-American. And her I've read the first trade paperback in her series, and it's just really delightful. I think it's aimed toward younger readers, more toward adolescent, particularly girls, but I think adolescents in general. And it's been really interesting in that one that I've read, the one uh, trade paperback that I've read, how she is coming into her abilities and being a superhero in concert with her understanding of her religion. And that's been a really refreshing take on superhero powers for me. Absolutely. So she's got this relationship with her family and her faith that are, you know, important to who she is. So it's not like, you know, sometimes, I mean, in a lot of different kinds of stories, once somebody has something interesting happen to them, like what makes them a real person kind of falls away. Mm -hmm. But this comic does a great job of making sure that we remember that she's still got this relationship with her family. She's still got this uh, religion that she's a part of and that she's, you know, not trying to sweep those things away just because she's now super powered. So yeah, the, definitely the one that I'm recommending here is Kamala Khan or the, the stories by G Willow Wilson in particular. Um, she's just doing a bang up job, bang up job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I would also recommend uh, Captain Marvel, who's being written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and the ones that I'm particularly re- recommending, the sort of more recent Captain Marvels. So Captain Marvel is Carol Danvers, uh, who's a, a an Air Force pilot. Um, so mostly was thinking about her in just sort of vague relationship to kind of the military stories that have, mm. you know, that are part of Orphan Black. They're not strictly military stories when Captain Marvel gets involved, but in particularly the, not the series that's going on right now, but the sort of 2012-ish, I'm going to say, uh, iteration also by Kelly Sue DeConnick that deals with sort of what what is Captain Marvel doing with superpowers, but also being a pilot. And I just found those stories really interesting. She she talks about are, are with uh, a couple of characters that are part of the women in the, the military that I just think are really fascinating uh, takes on this. Also, if you don't know much about Captain Marvel, um, I think thinking through sort of or, or, or getting into it and uh, seeing what's up with the Carol core. So her fans and also uh, the mo- the very most recent Captain Marvel stories deal with uh, the Carol core, uh, which is, you know, a group of people that are with Captain Marvel, but she's, yeah, she's got some great female characters in the story. The she in that sentence, by the way, was Kelly Sue DeConnick, who has some great <laughs> female characters in that story. Not just Carol Danvers, but other women that are, you know, doing some cool stuff. So, Cool. Yeah. 
Um, I also, so this lady killer is something that panels recommended in their article with Allison. I don't think they're wrong, by the way. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I just didn't want to be a copycat, you know? Uh, so lady killer is this, uh, dark horse comic where, a sixties sort of suburban housewife is also a paid assassin. So, um, mm. it's, it's, I see the connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a vacuuming and bloody murder, you know? Um, <laughs> well, you have to clean up. <laughs> I was going to say, she's great at cleaning it up, you know? Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a great story. It's, there's about to be, I believe, another volume of it. I think they're they're going to be. There's a future series in the in the works, but it's uh, it is a limited series, so you can read the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no mystery at the end, uh, or maybe a little bit of mystery at the end, but you can handle it. Trust me. So, but it's more of a it's more of a period piece. So it's it's more. They do that a great job with sort of the aesthetic of a 60s housewife, you know, so so it's it's not something set in the modern day. In other words, there's no glue guns in the story, to my knowledge, to my memory. <laughs> um, but it doesn't suffer for the lack of glue guns. It does not suffer for the lack of glue gun. So I also wanted to recommend uh, Batwoman, in particular, Greg Rucka's elegy run on Batwoman. It's a uh, a story dealing with Batwoman and her sister and sort of family and how all this, you know, gets very complicated when you get into the uh, uh, crazy world of Gotham crime fighting, you know, just trying to, if you are lost in the hiatus without something to read that involves a, you know, complex family plot, uh, Batwoman is a good one to do to read. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it before, but I I see echoes of the Sarah Helena dynamic in Batwoman. Mm-hmm. She's also mm-hmm. a, a queer character. She's a lesbian character. So have yes. that sort of representation in there as well. She also mm-hmm. has a military background. And, and Elegy is really her origin story in a lot of ways. So if you're not familiar with Batwoman as a character, this is a really good place to start with her. And I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed the ones that I've read from Batwoman mm-hmm. so far. And just beautiful. They're also just beautiful. So if you are, they are. if you are a fan of, you know, just beautiful, then, you know, go for it. Okay. I also uh, wanted to recommend uh, Sex Criminals, uh, which is a series that I've had a great deal of fun with lately. I think this one, I, you know, I put this list together and I was sort of, it's one of those that I just keep including on lists. <laughs> because because I want everyone to read it and talk to me about it, what they thought. Sex Criminals introduces us to a couple of characters who can stop time uh, when they have an orgasm. So as you can imagine, they decide to use these talents for various purposes. <laughs> um, and uh, they get into some trouble and things get wonky. But it's mostly about the reason I included it on this is that it's it's a lot about sort of discovering that you something that you discover about yourself uh, connects you to a world about which you knew absolutely nothing. So they are, you know, slowly begin to learn that perhaps there's more to their particular talent than they thought, um, which, you know, makes for some interesting reading, just trying to figure out sort of how they fit into this world. Uh, plus, Sex Criminals has 
perhaps the most fun letter column that I've ever seen in a comic. <laughs> like there are a few others that have some great ones, but Sex Criminals has basically a sex advice column in the back of each issue that is by turns, you know, gr- you know, powerful, very interesting, very revealing. People, you know, uh, talk a lot about sort of how they thought about their own sexuality and kind of how they've grown into their own sexuality in different ways. Uh, and then alternately hilarious, particularly when people try to tell, uh, to explain where they found their first pornography. I didn't know that you could find so much stuff in uh, the woods, but there you go. <laughs> I guess I was walking around in the wrong woods when I was a kid because there's apparently pornography all over the woods, all over North America. Who knew? And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us to talk about both the Orphan Black comics and other comics. Thank you for joining us to talk about comics, period. Hey, I'm always glad to talk about comics. You, yeah, anytime. If you want to connect with Elizabeth, she's on Twitter as E Cootie. That's E C O O D Y. And she's my friend. She's nice. I hope you like her. (laughs) Aww. I like you, Elizabeth. Oh, I like you too, Chris. Oh, <laughs> thank you. If you have read the Orphan Black comics or have other comic book suggestions for folks, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can go and leave a comment over on the show notes for this episode. You can find show notes for this episode at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 111. You can send us an email to feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com. You can call and leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. We are on Twitter at TIE Podcast, and we are also on Facebook. Tatiana is Everyone is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts by going to askgenretv.com. And in this episode, Letter Columns were played by Tatiana Maslany. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.